0: This is an environment that really shapes you and molds you. It can play into your family values. It can play into the things that you teach your children or the circles that you influence. So for me, and when I think about it from a culture standpoint, really having a culture that's diverse means that you have a culture that breeds learning. And learning is really key for us to continue to thrive as individuals.
1: That is Ebity Davis Ifebu, Executive Director of Talent, Diversity and Inclusion for Bridgestone Americas. Her focus is helping Bridgestone build and retain a team that's as diverse as the world we serve, and in turn, helping create a culture that champions all perspectives and individuals. Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone Americas podcast that explores our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. If Walls Could Talk, for this episode, we'd love to chat with one that is found in the family home of Bridgestone founder Shojiro Ishibashi. Made of bricks that are different shapes, sizes, and colors, Ishibashi-san celebrated this wall as a symbol for the strength that can be created by diversity, and he used it as a visionary model for the global company he was building. That journey continues today, but not just in Bridgestone, across society as a whole with current events and conversation putting an increased focus on the ideas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what we're here to explore today through the personal and candid perspectives of Ebony and Cameron Ayler, Bridgestone's Vice President of IT Customer and Commerce. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, Ebony and Cameron, uh, a conversation that I am very uh, interested and in, excited to have, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, at Bridgestone and beyond. But I uh, want to start by just thanking each of you for taking the time to join us today. Thanks, you. Thank
0: you for having us.
1: Yeah, and let's start with, I guess, who each of you are. Who are we talking to? Uh, you know, Ebony, uh, let's start with you, I guess. What is your current role at Bridgestone and uh, kind of what's your journey either before or then with the company been?
0: Yeah, so I have the pleasure of leading our talent diversity and culture team, which is a fancy way of saying the processes that you know as kind of end of year or development or career and development planning, those fall into my group. Obviously, the diversity piece comes in. And then when you look at culture, it's really about that our way to work, some of the engagement survey, pulse surveys, and then connectivity to North Star. So I've got some fun happening in my team. Um, I've been with Bridgestone for about five years and uh, had the pleasure of leading our Latin America HR group, our sales and marketing group, as well as finance and audit, um, and then started leading our commercial group. And it was the ag, OTR, and TBR segments. Um, but before Bridgestone, I've had the pleasure of working for some really great companies. I don't like the name drop, but they've been in the CPG industry and the technology industry. So,
1: Oh, let us let our minds wander on that. We can make some <laughs> there guesses you go. there. You yeah. might yeah.
0: be able to look at my LinkedIn and figure it uh, out. <laughs> everything's
1: available. If you can available. figure out
0: my last name. <laughs> There's no... <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no hiding anymore.
2: Indeed,
0: exactly. Um,
1: Cameron, you are uh, you are not HR focused. No. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're coming from.
2: So uh, I've been with Bridgestone about six years. I currently lead the IT portfolio uh, that is focused on. Uh, customer engagement technology. So think of things that are uh, serving the boss, whether it's web and digital, uh, retail, uh, sales and marketing, uh, those sort of functions. So you know, it's my job to make sure that we're we're staying progressive and supporting the uh, the business to make sure that we're moving forward together.
1: And so as we get into this topic today, you know, this this series of our podcast to start has been on a lot of different aspects of the North Star. One of the key pillars is our team, which a lot of different things fall into that. You know, the, our ways to work, the culture of the company, and certainly a big piece of that. And getting increased attention over the last year has been the focus on DEI, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, this isn't a this isn't a light topic. There's a lot of complexity. There's a lot of emotions and feelings that are involved in this topic. And I'll point out. Let's be aware of the situation, right? Uh, Ebony, you are a black female. Cameron and I are white males, and we're going to be here having a conversation that (laughs) is hopefully going to be, you know, to a degree uncomfortable because that's the reality of what this situation is. But I think we're here to do it and try to dive into the topic. So to start, I think we go to the beginning. To each of you, what is DE&I as a whole?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so Cameron, do you want to start on that one?
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: Thanks, <everybody>. Why not? <laughs> you started like making Let's, me
2: uncomfortable. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe how I would think about it. There's a, a phrase that's probably incorrect that says diversity is an invitation to the party and inclusion is asked to dance. That's not really how it goes down, I think, um, Think of it more as in diversity is letting everybody into the party. Inclusion is letting everybody have their part of the music to be played so that everyone can enjoy it and they can enjoy the music that makes them happy. And then equity is leveling the playing field so that everyone can enjoy and be good dancers. So that may be making sure that we provide tap dance shoes for those that need to be able to tap and those that need to be able to dance in a different way or have, uh, support so that they're able to dance in what way makes them happy and fulfilled and providing value to the, the whole, um, that's how I would probably look at it. You know, it it really is more about having everybody included in the conversation and the action, but then taking advantage of all the differences of individuals, regardless of their background and using that to the advantage of the whole.
0: I'd agree. I think that analogy puts it at a very relatable point where people can kind of identify with that. But I'd also say it's more of a continuous journey. I think sometimes we think about you know, diversity is X target or diversity means having X percentage of females. And the reality is it's gonna continue to evolve, which means it's a journey. And so if I think about how you get to the ultimate destination, which is continuing to evolve, It's really about making sure that you always recognize that people are different. They're fundamentally different, whether that's race, age, gender, sex, et cetera. But then on top of that, you then have to figure out, to Cameron's point, you've got to give the right tools and the resources so people have the ability to dance and feel like they're included in the party right and so that's the piece of equity it's about understanding the differences understanding that people have perceptions around them that people have biases whether good or bad and we make judgments off of it so making sure that we're leveling the playing field and it's not about lowering the bar I think far too often we think of it as affirmative action but that's not what it is it's about expanding the net to ensure that you've got, again, qualified people at the table helping to make decisions. And then when I think about the inclusion piece, it's really, to Cameron's point, it's the output. It's making sure that everybody is celebrated and everybody can dance and everybody is having a great time. It's very dynamic. And it's about understanding that and continuing to push yourself to recognize, reward, and celebrate.
2: And diversity is not a person, right? There's Uh, One person is not diverse. A person is an individual with their own unique backgrounds. Diversity is the collection of all those unique backgrounds brought together in a way that that celebrates that uniqueness of all of us.
1: And it's, it's one of those things that I think it, it personally right through some of the career development things that I've been a part of, you look at some of these different, uh, whether it's behavioral personality tests, and one of them is strength finders. And one of the clearest boil it down to the basic thing that uh, strength finders was explained to me by an instructor was just remember in everything you do that everybody is different and coming at things from a different point of view with a different background. And I think as much as we love to think uh, or to be surrounded by people who may think the same way and believe in the same things we do, that really doesn't exist, right? Everybody is individual, to Cam's point, and different. And we have to find a way as a company, right, to have all these people working together towards the same goal Um, and, and as a society, right, even beyond the walls of Bridgestone. So I guess- Kind of leading into that second question of mine then is, with it being a journey, with it being something that's so complex and may not have a specific target endpoint, why is it important for companies like Bridgestone to have discussions like this and to have a strategy that is focused on DE&I?
0: So regardless of if you read Forbes or Harvard Business Review or Gartner, the evidence is clear. Diverse companies just outperform non-diverse companies. And so at the end of the day, having a diverse company is good for the bottom line. And we all would love to say that we love our jobs, which I think we do, but we come to work because we get paid. And so if your company is profitable, that's real money in your pocket, right? Um, I think one of the latest statistics that I saw from McKinsey was organizations that have diversity have a 19% higher innovation margin. And so that number in itself, having 19% higher margin on innovation, whether that's product or services, that's real money that can then be reinvested in teammates development or be reinvested in the things that we care about. So I think from a business standpoint, it's good because it is profitable. But if I think about it from a culture standpoint, we spend 40 plus hours here at work, right? That's, more time than we spend with some of our family right and so when I think about this is an environment that really shapes you and molds you it can play into your family values it can play into the things that you teach your children or the circles that you influence so for me and when I think about it from a culture standpoint really having a culture that's diverse means that you have a culture that breeds learning. And learning is really key for us to continue to thrive as individuals. So that's what I would say.
1: And real quick, Cameron, just a a clarifying question, maybe Ebony, for what you were just outlining. When you talk about the studies and the, the bottom line impact, do any of them have a definition or a way to describe what diversity is when they say diverse companies perform better? Like how do they, I guess, outline what diversity is in those contexts?
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. They actually look at race and gender or ethnicity and gender. Um, But inherently to Cameron's earlier point, it's the individuals' compounded experiences that make them diverse. So, collectively, if you have a female or you have a diverse person, they're likely to bring some kind of diversity of thought as well. But when they looked at diversity, they looked at it from one lens, which happened to be gender or race and ethnicity.
2: And to that point, I mean, Paula mentioned it in the first podcast episode, but part of our Bridgestone essence is creative pioneering, right? And and that at the base, you know, I think that stat just shows that having a diverse organization empowers that creative pioneering, which comes into actual numbers that are better than standard organizations that don't have diversity in place. Yeah.
1: I guess, Cameron, do you have anything on your point of view to build off that question or, or what Ebony yeah. was talking about?
2: I think within the, the time that I've been here, the most productive and enjoyable experience, I think, in my kind of leadership career at this point was having a very diverse group of people on the team. And, you know, it was a a group that was very different from ethnic backgrounds to gender to um, cultural perspectives. And what was great was we were checks and balances for each other, right? It didn't make everything the easiest decision to make every single time, but it sure made sure that we were providing the right thing for everybody. And it also challenged each of us to get better. And I think that was the fun part about that group um, is that you're always challenging and thinking about new ways to engage each other, but you're not thinking about it just in your own particular silo. And I think how we all thrive when we're doing it that way.
1: Yeah. And I guess, you know, Ebony, you mentioned this idea of the time we spend at work, the blending of the work and, and home, and, and for many of us, depending on your role, the pandemic has made that that line between work and home pretty much invisible, mm-hmm. um, and we're trying to balance all of that at the same time. Um, but I guess in that sense, do you have an idea of what responsibility companies should play then? We talk about why it's important for Bridgestone to build a, a diverse culture because it's good for the bottom line. It's good for business. What role should corporations or companies, I guess, play then in the larger DE&I conversation that might be out in the, in the world out beyond our walls? Do they have a role and what do you think that is?
0: Yeah, I mean... I absolutely think they have a role, right? If you are paying people to be here for 40 plus hours, then you should have an environment that's inclusive, but that means you have a responsibility to build a culture that has those elements there, right? And so when I think about what is our role in doing that? It's about making sure that every teammate comes here and they have a safe place. And we talk about a lot in HR, the psychological safety, right? Where you can come in, you can be vulnerable, you can ask questions, you can challenge one another and grow. And so we've got a responsibility to ensure everyone is valued, make sure their perspective, are heard, make sure that we celebrate these things in our culture. And I would say broadly, you know, other companies will be looking at us to set trends and make marks. And our culture is going to speak volumes, not just internally, but externally. And that's our job to move the world ahead. It's not just through our products, but it's in the way that we operate. And I feel pretty strongly about that if you can't tell.
1: Absolutely. And Cameron, you, you know, you called on what Paulo you know, cited in the Bridgestone essence of creative yeah. pioneering, but the, the companies founded on this core, right, of serving society. So I would think that the idea of society is a pretty diverse place. So it would make sense that companies operate in a way that supports that diversity of society,
2: right? Oh, for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if we've got that you know, this mission to provide social and customer value and we are a global organization. And so we really need to make sure that we're focusing on the global customer and the societies that we serve, which is going to be a very diverse set of customers and bases. And we need to make sure that the organization is matching that diversity of our customer and the societies that we're working in.
1: Yeah. Do either of you guys think we're there right now? candidly? Nope. (laughs) I didn't expect it to be it. No, I didn't expect it to be a long answer, which is why I said candidly, right? So,
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, and that's.
1: And that's why we're having the conversation, right? And it's why it's a it's a focus point of the company moving forward. Um, let's peel the layer back a little bit here and and maybe get a little bit personal on it because I had an initial question right as we were trying to uh, think about who to talk to as the guests for this topic. You know, Ebony uh, obviously comes to mind for a variety of reasons. One of which is her role in driving the strategy and working in HR um, uh, around the the diversity and inclusion and, and equity efforts. Um, Um, And then she recommended Cam as the other, as the other guests. And so, uh, you know, I I would love to revisit that if you will, Ebony, and then Cameron from your side about how, why did you recommend Cameron? What is y'all's relationship and how did this kind of come about to talk together today?
0: Yeah. So, um, I don't like talking about these kind of things, so um, let's get comfortable being
1: uncomfortable. All right, you can do it. Right. Can
0: do it. I, I can see that's a, you see that support. That's why Cameron's on the podcast. I,
1: I am, I am kicking back and putting my legs up on this discomfort, being comfortable. Here we go.
0: All right, fine. No, Cameron, but this is a, a prime example, right? So when you think about this, is a hard topic. It's a it's a heavy topic right it's not something that I take lightly you know Keith you mentioned I'm African-American I'm female Um, and so when you think about that load and what it means to me personally it's heavy But having someone that I consider a friend, a confidant, you know, I've gone to Cameron at several points of my time at Bridgestone and been like, hey, I need career advice. Or am I thinking about this right? Or, hey, I'm being talked over in a meeting. Right. Give me the perspective. And Cameron is not afraid to give you a candid perspective that isn't always what you want to hear, but it's exactly what you need to hear. We've now been partnered on a mentoring circle, leading a mentoring circle for three three years. years. Yeah, Yeah. I think. And, you know, we just got different perspectives, but a similar core. We value each other. We value those differences. And so, you know, for me, in this role, I have a responsibility to shape the de i journey for the company. But I also have a responsibility to model the behaviors that I want to come out of it. And when I think about Cameron and myself and the partnership that we have, I feel like the two of us <laughs> demonstrate a pretty darn good partnership when it comes to DE&I. So that's why I'd say I'd pick him. But again, just the support that you saw when I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. He's like, you got this. That's kind of what you need. And I think um, he's a great example of how someone can partner with you on that journey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cam, you're, you're on that other side, right? What makes it, you know, Ebony just kind of outlined that relationship and and how you guys have been able to do this partnership together. I guess what yeah. what is it that makes you so comfortable entering into these conversations? You didn't hesitate. You were ready to go here on this, on this conversation.
2: Yeah. I mean, the reality is that I'm ready to go, but not to be comfortable. And I think that's kind of the point between <laughs> us is we have uh, comfortability in our own uncomfortableness, I guess, is Mm -hmm. a mouthful. Nobody's judging
1: judging the vocabulary. Yeah, we're good.
2: (laughs) But, you know, I I think that was the conversation is Ebony's and I, our relationship has been built on, um, you know, vulnerability, curiosity, and friendship. And I think that's helped us to be uh, working well, both in the B-Win area, as well as um, other discussions around talent and We've got a lot in common. Um, You know, our backgrounds are not historically manufacturing. We've got very small babies that are new to the world Mm -hmm. and part of our lives. Um, And, you know, when she asked if I'd be willing to do this, I I was happy to because I think it's just as important that people can hear that it, it doesn't have to be a comfortable conversation. And it probably won't be if we're doing it right.
0: Yeah. Again, it, it's as uncomfortable as it gets. Right. I just want to give an example. Like after the whole George Floyd thing, you know, there was a lot of just anxiety and a lot of emotions that I personally w- were dealing was dealing with. And I remember being like, I think you go through if you're African-American or Black or female, whatever it may be, you go through a series of emotions. And I think it's really easy for you to start this they versus me or they versus us. And Cameron was a great reminder that it's not a they versus us, it's a we. And so after the George Floyd thing, he reached out and was like, hey, what do you need? How are you? And just that question of curiosity, you know, he said we were brought together because of curiosity, but his willing to be vulnerable and his willingness to be curious about how I was doing as a person is probably uncomfortable because he didn't know what I was going to say. Right. (laughs) But it was the exact thing that I needed to remember that it's not a us versus they, it's a we, and we are good people and we together can change society. But if he hadn't asked that, I don't know how my day would have went. Right. I I knew it was going to be a bad day just in general because of where I was from a mental state, but I was, able to kind of pivot and change my perspective and get through the day. And remember that there are caring people here at Bridgestone. He wasn't afraid to ask the question, and I wasn't afraid to be vulnerable. I didn't feel like I had to say all the right things. He would be okay with my rawness. And, you know, I think he was, but maybe I'm making an assumption.
2: (laughs) As as far as you know, Ebony. Uh,
0: Oh, okay.
2: He was (laughs) (laughs) waiting... In
0: the
1: in the text exchange when those three little dots came up, he was, he was exactly. on the edge of his seat. Right
2: on the edge are you of his respond seat. You respond? Please, exactly. please, still be my
1: friend. What's on the other end? Uh, Sorry. Well, I, I, I guess. How do we get there then? Right. We talked about the importance of building the culture, the, what it can do for the business, the responsibility that Bridgestone has. And Ebony, I know you're working on that larger strategy on the culture. How, what is this journey at Bridgestone? How are we going to help make this a reality?
0: Yeah, so the first piece is really around transparency and communication, right? We've got to get to a point where we're okay celebrating. And I think we've done a great job, you know, saying here's where we're good. But we also have to be okay with here's where we're not good. And here's what we're doing about it. And here's why we need your help. So the first piece is around transparency. Where do we stand from a representation standpoint? Where do we stand from a retention standpoint? Start having the honest conversations so that we can hold ourselves accountable. And then communicate what are we doing in those areas and start to communicate and have two-way dialogues. I think far too often companies make these big declarative statements of they want X percentage of their senior leadership in um, to be minorities. And I'm not knocking that. But have you really had a conversation about what it takes to get minorities in those positions and what kind of culture you need to breed and what kind of um, strategies you need to have? I don't know that they have. So for us, it's going to be two way communication. And you'll see that we're going to kick off this really cool initiative around uh, free to be, which is really about what it means to be your whole self at Bridgestone and we're gonna be vulnerable and have leaders tell their stories and I think um this podcast is not necessarily part of free to be but it's definitely a tool that we can use to help people understand what it means to be vulnerable authentic and transparent about the journey and about diversity here at Bridgestone.
1: Excellent. Cam, I guess to, to, from your perspective, what have you seen that maybe the company has done or is doing in a good way? And then what do you see as opportunities as well?
2: I mean, I've appreciated um, a lot of the, the efforts and the inclusion that's happened over the years. You know, We've got a, a whole number of fantastic um, ERGs that have been uh, spun up and very successful Um, we have, we celebrate different cultural events like Diwali, right? I mean, there's a lot of really cool times and events to celebrate with each other. Um, and we've seen a a ton of new leadership that's come from, Uh, different countries a lot of female leadership coming into place in the last couple years and so i've seen it change just in the the short time that i've been with the company that i I think we're making a lot of progress and you know obviously creating this role that ebony now sits in and making that part of the core is a huge part for us being able to move forward and and try to to lead rather than just kind of keep up with probably what the rest of the industry is doing
1: yeah so how do teammates Take that first step, right? I think th- th- this is a journey where you're outlining Ebony some of these things that will be coming down the road. But certainly, you know, not everybody might have been at the comfort level or the discomfort level, right, of Cam uh, to, <laughs> to, to to send those text messages to reach out, especially when times are you know, very anxious and tense, and and you have some of the things happening that we're watching, you know, play out around the society around us. Um, how do teammates take that first step if they're curious, if they're interested, if they don't know what to do, where do they start and and get involved or learn?
0: Yeah. So I think first start with self-reflection and figure out your comfort level, right? Have a honest conversation with yourself to say, where are you on this journey? And again, I don't want it to be about black or white or Asian or Latino. It's not that. It's Where are you from a differences standpoint? How comfortable are you working with someone that's different from you? And then the second thing, I think once you've assessed that, seek to understand. So have a friend, find a friend, and start with something that you are comfortable with. And naturally, it doesn't even have to be about diversity. You're just gonna start to learn from that person simply because you're two people in a conversation, and I think you mentioned it, Keith, we all have different strengths. So by nature, you're gonna have diversity. So I would say assess, you know, find someone that can kinda hold you accountable and then, when you're ready to engage or speak or do something, then you've got ERGs, so you yeah. can, which are our employee resource groups, so you can join them. And again, they're not just based off of ethnicity. There's women. There is Be Bravo, which is our veterans. Um, you've got Be Next Gen, which is around generational. But you can join an ERG or join a community of belonging to learn more and. Again, you don't have to be someone that identifies with that demographic. You can be an ally. Being an ally is just as important to the movement as actually being someone that identifies with the movement. And then the last piece that I would say is we've got an open door policy with just about every single one of our leaders. So if you are ready to engage and do something, make suggestions, right? If you see things that are not right, if you see things that you just want to influence, start to – Reach out and talk to leaders about it. You know, we've got tons of development opportunities. We've got real business challenges that we need to solve. And there is a place for your energy and your passion should you want to harness it.
2: I mean, do we also have, is there an implicit bias training that we've we do. had going on?
0: We do. So it's, it's for a certain population right now, just because of scope and funding, but we are looking to roll it out to the entire organization. But if it's not assigned to you, which it will be in workday, reach out. We could potentially get you into a class. Again, it's all about asking and curiosity.
2: Yeah. I think you can do a lot of work on your own too. I mean, that's, I think Ebony said it first about kind of baselining how comfortable you are with, I guess, your own skin as well as understanding what the world is around you that's not just like you. You can read books like, you know, Lean In with Sheryl Sandberg or anything yeah. by Brene Brown. She's got a podcast. It's fantastic on a regular basis. Um, you know, Emmanuel Acho and, and others have, you know, uncomfortable conversations with a black man, which is fantastic. It's It's great to hear the perspective of other people that are not like you to try to just sit and listen and learn for a little bit. And I think being able to do that gets a sense of maybe how other people feel, act and engage. And then I think at that point, just having that uncomfortability and vulnerability to be able to incite a conversation needs to be built on trust. You know, both parties need to make sure they trust each other or else we're really not having those sort of discussions that are going to make us move forward. And so find, find somebody, you know, have those conversations, be be happy to be able to embrace change and diversity that we're moving forward because it's part of the company. This isn't just mm-hmm. some sort of trend or a 2021 goal. You know, this is going to be something that's going to carry on for a very long time, if not forever. Um, and it's going to be something that we need to make sure that we're doing together as a group.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, certainly, uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to be so, you know, open and transparent about it, uh, our hope is that it helps, you know, uh, the rest of our teammates uh, understand a little bit about where the company is uh, approaching this from, but also where our people are approaching it from. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry to, to end it uh, at the moment, <laughs> uh, but uh, the conversation yeah. continues. And I thank you guys for, for playing a part.
2: Thanks, Keith.
0: Well, thanks for having us. <laughs>
1: Together we can make Bridgestone and the world a better place, but that journey truly starts with us as individuals, and the willingness to be open to change and continue learning. Case in point, I'm now hyper-aware in listening back to this conversation that I unconsciously say you guys more times than I can count, so I'm marking that down as my own opportunity to be more mindful in the future. As always, we hope you'll share this podcast with your fellow teammates, and we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas as we plan future episodes. In fact, by sharing your comments or questions, or just by saying hello and letting us know you're listening, you can win some swag. Send an email to thrivepodcast at bfusa.com before April 2nd, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a Bridgestone prize pack featuring an assortment of free goodies. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Keith Cawley, asking you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody.